Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, within the Librocube, well, I should perhaps specify is Fry Internet Day, a day in which we discuss, meaning I discuss, and you listen, um, things, items, stuffs from the internet. Yay, that. Uh, I like it. It's one of my, one of my favorite ones, the Fry Internet Days. One thing I like to say uh, at the top of every show is there will be spoilers quite often on Fra Internet Day. That doesn't make too much sense, me saying it, but I say it nonetheless, just in case to cover my ass like a diaper. Yeah. What? Diaper? No. That's like a loincloth. Does that cover your ass or just your, just your junk in the front? Your front junk. Okay, got off a little tangent there. Uh, the other thing I like to say, which I try to say every day, is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Yay you for doing that. Also, thank you. That's, that's a pre-thank you. You can pass the podcast on in a wide variety of ways. However, I think probably, well, from my point of view, the, the best is the iTunes version, just because uh, that's how I do all my podcast listening, is through iTunes, so uh, I assume it's easy, because I like things that are easy, easy good. Uh, another thing you can do if you have an Android device, mobile device, you can download the app, the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubercules Podcast app. It is available for your listening pleasure, at no charge, no less. At no charge, no less. Uh, the charge is to pass it on. Ah, I should have put that in there somewhere, but I did not. But please do so. Okay, since the internets are so brimming with materials, uh, I better hop right in with today's sponsor, which is... Professor Poppinjay's penultimate potato pancake peeler. Once again, today's sponsor is Professor Poppinjay's penultimate potato pancake peeler. Yay. Sponsors. Item the first is Funny or Die. A little, uh, little website called Funny or Die. Specifically, or pacifically, no, no, specifically, that, that was right the first time, a, uh, a little video they recently put up called uh, Cold Dead Hand. Is that what it was called, actually? Huh. I think that was what it was called. Anyways, it's uh, a video in which the funny, the talented, the effervescent. Mm, yeah, okay, why not? We'll just, we'll just leave effervescent in there. Uh, Mr. Jim Carrey sings a little ditty. Actually, uh, it said in the credits, uh, and I was pretty impressed by this, that not only did he sing it, which the first time listening to it, I wasn't sure if it was him singing or not, but apparently it was. Not only did he sing it, he wrote it, 
and basically the mind behind it. So, uh, very impressive, because this little ditty he sang was goddamn catchy as hell. Couldn't get it out of my head. I've listened to it uh, three or four times since then, which I very rarely do with anything, uh, including videos on the internet, just because there's so much out there that to repeatedly watch things often feels like I'm wasting time and I might be missing out on other things. However, uh, this was so catchy I couldn't resist, and, uh, and I hope you listen to it as well. It is... Basically, it's a... Uh, I don't know if you will be young enough, or sorry, I don't know if you will be old enough to uh, remember the show Hee Haw. I don't think I ever really watched it, just kind of vaguely know about it. It was like a, a variety show, pretty sure. What I'm saying may not be correct, because I don't think I ever watched an entire episode. Uh, a variety show with a sort of country and western uh, theme to it, all right? So you got some comedies, you got some skits, uh, you got people singing, uh, shit like that. I think it was uh, pretty popular back in its day, I'm fairly sure. Uh, that was kind of maybe in the variety show heyday, but uh, you don't really see those anymore, do you? Hmm. Curious. Why is that? I don't know. So uh, it starts off on Hee Haw, and they're blatantly saying it is Hee Haw, not sort of some other no-named, hee-haw-themed variety show. They use hee-haw. And uh, guest is Mr... Guest host, I guess you would say, is Mr. Charlton Heston. Yeah. You know what? You can kind of, like, kind of picture it as a little Saturday Night Live-y, but, like, from the 70s and 80s, I think it was, uh, with the country and western theme. How about that? And more musical guests. Uh, Charl so Jim Carrey plays Charlton Heston, who is friggin' crazy, just sort of in general, in actual real life, with his NRA stuffs, which is kind of the whole idea is to, um, I don't know if tear, what, tear him a new one is too strong a, a word, but definitely <laughs> very much make fun of him um, to a very high degree. Yeah, yeah, let's say that. Make fun of Charlton Heston to a very high degree in a five-minute comedy sketch slash song. That's, that's what this is all about. Because I get the feeling that Jim Carrey is not a big fan of uh, the NRA, and neither am I, because they're a crazy bunch of crazies. <laughs> crazy bunch of crazies, they is. Uh, there's one point in the song where it sort of cuts to... <laughs> Uh, Jim Carrey, who, who also is the cowboy who's singing. Also, uh, he does a little uh, little 10-second bit where he is Sam Elliott. If you are unfamiliar with Sam Elliott, he does a spot-on impression of him. Uh, <laughs> when it first pans to him, this was the funniest part for me, I think. He goes, ah, I'm clearly Sam Elliott. <laughs> The fact that he said clearly really got me going. <laughs> clearly Sam Elliott. Oh, boy. Hey, maybe that's the name of this podcast. Clearly Sam Elliott. Because it is funny, and I liked it. Uh, Lonesome Earl was the name of Jim Carrey's cowboy singing persona in this. Uh, and just go listen to it, because I'm not going to sing it here. Hmm. I will not do you that disservice. 
Okay, let's move on to a Vsauce. Yeah. Love us a little Vsauce in the Libro Cube. Do we not? We do. Question asked and answered immediately by myself. Why? Why? Man, oh man. Vsauce, we could put that shit on everything. Just like the old lady in Frank's Red Hot, basically. Uh, the question this week was, why do we play games? Short answer, they're fun. Uh, also, that short answer is provided by me and has nothing to do with what Michael over at Vsauce uh, came up with. Started off as he does, quite often not exactly focusing on answering uh, the question per se. He'll kind of take a question, and, and I like this, don't, don't get me wrong, I very much like what he does. He'll take a question and then sort of jump around topics sort of associated with that question, which uh, which I really very much like him doing it that way. The, uh, the question was, why do um, North Americans call soccer soccer, <laughs> and uh, people in basically the rest of the world call it football? Huh. Something he pointed out is A, the word soccer, where it came from, uh, sort of where it originated. There was sort of, um, since ball-related games had been played, you know, way, way, way back when, uh, many different types of games have been called football, not necessarily the one we know today as football or soccer. Uh, so, so when soccer came along, um, it was actually called Associated Football. That's sort of the technical name of it, Associated Football. So within the word associated, uh, you can find the quote-unquote word sock, S-O-C. Then um, an E-R was added on to the end, and uh, that's where the word soccer comes from. It actually, the, the even more interesting thing about that is that that word, soccer, originated in uh, England. So, strange that a word that originated in England for what is way more popular in England than it is in North America, yet they're upset that we use soccer as the name. Hmm. Interesting stuff. I uh, talked a little bit about jock versus nerd. Jock, uh, I, I guess as you can safely imagine, he pointed out, comes from the word jock strap. So, I don't know if I'd be too enthused to be called a jock if if I knew the uh, the root of the word was something that protects your balls. <laughs> Take that, you jocks. Uh, nerd was first written in a Dr. Seuss book, and then down to the nitty-gritty, the nitty-gritty of why we play games. So the nitty-gritty is that Basically, life is one big, long game. Alright? That's an interesting way to look at it right there off the bat. But he points out the reason that we play actual games is that the game of life, and I don't mean the board game of life, I mean actual life that we are living right now, uh, has many unknowable rules, unknowable uh, goals, unknowable scenarios, just, just, there's a lot of 
unknowns within our lives, within the game of life that we are currently playing. So, it helps, basically it helps our brains to have uh, a scenario, a game in which there are set, written down rules that if A happens, that means B happens. If I hit this ball through this net, I get a point. Um, it's it helps turn our brains off from the game of life to the game of games in which uh, we have a set goal, a set design rules, and can almost, uh, I guess, turn your brain off is probably not the right way to look at it, but get it from one mode to another, another mode being much more structured, which uh, sometimes our brains need. So people who play games quite often uh, will be better thinkers for it because they're they're able to better organize their thoughts. Huh. Interesting. Is it not? It is. Okay, let's get in one more before I get to work. It is a TED Talk. Yeah. Throw in some edumacation into your ears once again. I... Love it! Uh, this one was about super hydrophobic nanotechnology. <laughs> I like saying that. Once again, this one was about super hydrophobic nanotechnology. That sounds much more complicated. Well, it is pretty complicated, I guess, but much more complicated than it has to be sounding. Yeah, yeah. It's like how, um, kind of how garbage men used to be called garbage men, but now they are sanitary engineers. Huh. Why do you always got to be so complicated with the names, people? Basically, it's shit that repels water. <laughs> That's the non-technical description. Shit that repels water. You've probably seen maybe the videos um, on YouTube. This talked a little bit about it and sort of the applications it could have. It's, uh, it's a spray. I did actually a little research on it just because uh, it's, it was interesting to me. It's uh, usually a two-part spray, uh, at least the one I looked at. So you'd spray something on a surface, then you'd spray something else on it that would sort of activate it. And the, the nanotechnology comes from the fact that it's... Uh, how do I explain it? It's almost like little... Obviously, nano, very little, microscopic little ridges that, uh, as the guy described it, pull air towards it. Now, it's not through any sort of mechanical means that it's pulling air towards it. It's more just the sort of, uh, I don't know if like crystalline structure is the right word, but it always wants to have air near it, basically. So it's not even so much that it's pushing um, the water away, it's more that it's pulling air towards it, which is then pushing the water away. So that's a kind of a, a cool way to look at it. Uh, he pointed we can put this on, uh, on things so it wouldn't rust, because without water, rust does not happen. We could put this on um, things so bacteria wouldn't grow on it, because without water, bacteria cannot grow. Huh. So just cool shit like that. He, uh, of course, did some experiments. It's just cool to see, like, 
kind of the classic one that I think I've seen a couple times is it'll take a cinder block and then one side will have this coating on it and one won't. Uh, he'll pour water on it and it's just freaking uh, on the protected one. It shoots off like, like it is scared of water, hydrophobic, crazy stuff. Love it. Recommend you watch the video just to see his experiments even. Folks, I'm at work. I am going to go in and do eight hours of work and then meet you back here because love you. <clears throat> love you, dearies. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again, driving home after work. Oh, baby. Well, uh, I have said that today within Liberal Cube is obviously ha, internet day, but uh, I've been messing a little bit with the wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey bits uh, as, I am, as I am in the uh, TARDIS car, so... It's actually in the real, technically, world Thursday. Which means, one more day to go. Yay, one more day to go. It's that sort of light at the end of the tunnel. And a lovely, relaxing weekend with the missus to look forward to. Yay, the missus! We haven't done an episode with her in a little bit. Maybe uh, we'll get one of those on the go. Next time we do any sort of driving. Actually, not this weekend, but next weekend we're going to be doing some driving. So maybe we'll uh, do a little check-in with the missus. Would you like that? Uh, I guess would be a question. Which also leads me to the little uh, audience participation. Also, we'll throw in a yay. If you... Uh, would like to hear from the missus, what you can do is perhaps email me to the address provided in the closing credits. Ooh, thought uh, struck me as I said that. Perhaps if you have any questions for her, I will throw them at her and uh, see what she says. Genius. Perhaps uh, if you have any questions for her alternate personality Svetlana, I could also throw those at her. Aha! That has the potential to be funny. So uh, I think I might do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, next item from the Frahinternets is a series of one, two, three, one, two, three, five items. These are things that I did not plan on bringing back, however, could not resist. Uh, we spoke last week about Adam Sessler and his move, his new job at a company called Revision 3, uh, and how he's pumping out some videos. Uh, I only brought back one or two last week and mentioned that I was probably going to go back and look at other things he had done, which is exactly what I did. I uh, kind of wanted to just do this for my own enjoyment, however... Uh, being Adam Sessler, he had so many cool things to say that I thought, hey, why waste this in my own uh, noggin? Why not throw it in other people's noggins as well? So that is just what I'm doing. His first item was he interviewed a dude 
uh, about something called Oculus. Oculus. Interesting. This is a VR helmet. Uh, virtual reality helmet. Now these, uh, these have existed uh, and, and do exist right now. However, the technology was not, uh, let's say, up to snuff. How about? Uh, and quite often, from what I've heard, uh, had the potential, and quite often, would make you sick <laughs> while playing them. Now, however, um, there's been so many leaps and bounds as far as being able to uh, shrink technology and um, have uh, images so crisp and clear that, uh, as, as Adam and this guy described it, it was almost as if it was no longer as if uh, you had tiny screens in front of your eyes. It was almost closer to being closer to that feel of not having screens in front of you at all, more that you are, are looking around. So uh, that coupled with like gyroscopes that uh, sense the movement of your head. And I think that was one of the things. Uh, VR technology in the past may have had gyroscopes, but now... They are so much more accurate and able to process so much more quickly. So when you tilt your head, it's almost a uh, a one-to-one ratio in that my head is tilting and the image on the screen is tilting at the same time, or so close to at the same time that uh, your brain registers it at the same time. So that's uh, kind of cool. Something I would love to try, and a lot of potential, obviously, in the gaming world in particular. All right, next he had a video where he talked about how the PlayStation is sort of focusing a lot of their energy on indie games nowadays, which uh, I think is cool. There's always, uh, I believe, going to be the the big name games out there, the games that make millions and billions of dollars. However, I definitely think there's a place for uh, independent game developers to come along and uh, have amazing games that, A, did not cost vast quantities of uh, wealth and time to make, as well as not cost a great amount to purchase, sometimes even free to play. So uh, I like that thought, and I like what they had to say about the subject. Gonna move, uh, move quick, quick through these. Next, he talked about the future of EA, uh, Electronic Arts. These uh, these guys are not the nicest people in the world. I think they are sort of known definitely in gaming circles, and I think even just as a company in general, as like a horrible, money-grubbing company that would kick your dog and eat your baby if it could make the money, those types of people, they're sort of known as that. So that's not good. <laughs> the fact that they could do this and still make money saddens me. Most recently, of course, their sort of uh, SimCity debacle, uh, I guess you could call it. They released SimCity, which uh, if you are a gamer like myself and back in the day enjoyed the original SimCity, you may have thought about purchasing this. I did not because I had heard that it was like Diablo 3 you always had to be connected to the internet, which can work, um, however, also can not work, as it was in this case. So imagine you bought this game, 
uh, installed it and then were not able to play it, uh, you would be upset. And they had many, many upset com customers over this fact. I think some of it has been fixed, and some of it may have been fixed even just because people are not trying to play their games. They're sort of resigned to their fate of not being able to play, which has freed up some of the servers. Uh, sad, sad state of affairs. Not a good business model, this have to be connected to the internet uh, gaming. Like, even if you're playing single player? Come on, people. Ridiculous. Uh, I hope that disappears. Uh, next, he talked about exclusive reviews. This one was interesting because I didn't know anything like this happened. Uh, certain companies, uh, in this case it was IGN, who's huge in the video game review world. What does that stand for, IGN? I don't really know. I get all my reviews usually from Game uh, GameSpot. So uh, in this case, IGN got their copies of Bioshock Infinite uh, like a week before everyone else did, uh, and therefore were able to put out their review before everyone else. Uh -huh. So uh, what do you think? Is that good? Is that bad? Does it not matter at all? I uh, I don't know. Adam, Adam Sessler was sort of the opinion, it almost felt like that he didn't really care so much. Uh, disappointed from the point of view that his now company, Revision 3, uh, would have liked to have the opportunity to uh, review it first, just because it brings in more uh, revenue, ad revenue, what have you, but did not think that the fact that it happens is necessarily a bad thing. I don't know, I, I think uh, if you're a company coming out with a game, it's strange to want to have this. Like, is there money changing hands? I, I guess that's the, that's the underlying question. If, there's, if this is happening and money is changing hands, then I think it's a bad thing. If it's they trust uh, IGN to put out a unbiased review more than others, um, which I can't see that being the case, I, I think it's got to be money-changing hands. So maybe that's just the cynic in me, but I'm going to say it's a bad thing. All right. Lastly, uh, his question was, uh, can prequels be as good as the originals? Hmm. What was the answer? I don't remember. He talked about the Devil May Cry pre prequel that just came out. It's called, like, DMC, Devil May Cry. It's a stupid title. Uh, and I think his conclusion was that it was better than the original. At least, I did watch his review. At least, uh, different. Okay, let's move on to a podcast. Yes, the rest of the drive home will be podcasts that I talk about. Because, A, this is a podcast, and we talk about podcasts on it. Because they are on the Fry Internets. Ah, it's all coming together. Like one happy little melded um, jambalaya. 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 Sorry, what was I saying? Something about jambalaya. The podcast in question. Numero uno is the Nerdist Podcast. I didn't want to go another week without mentioning our buddy, our pal, Mr. Chris Hardwick. And uh, he made it easy this week because on his podcast he had Miss Jenna Louise Coleman. You may not yet be familiar with his name. However, you will be, I hope. 
uh, now and in the future because she is the new companion. Uh, not my companion, not your companion, but the Doctor's companion. Doctor Who, you might ask? To that, I would say yes. And then leave a long pause, and then stare at you, possibly winking. The Doctor Who's new companion. Yes. Uh, on the show, she plays Clara. I will maybe throw a little tease out that I did watch uh, the most recent Doctor Who episode, and I will, goddamn right, be bringing it back uh, on TV Tuesday. So look forward to that with breath, and perhaps even bated breath. <laughs> perhaps even masturbated breath. Gross. She is a little cutie pie. I will say that. Sort of the very definition definition of cute. If you looked up cute in the um, dictionary and there was a mirror and your name was Jenna Louise Coleman, you would see yourself. But, yeah, I'm sticking with that. Just adorables. Really liked her. Uh, very personable. I think uh, perhaps has not 100% gotten... Uh, used to the role of being interviewed by adoring fans, <laughs> which uh, I imagine that gets that takes some getting used to. They talked a little bit about uh, what shows they like to watch. Apparently, she likes Breaking Bad, which uh, I really want to get into. I have what do I have? I think the first three or four seasons on DVD. My plan is, and hopefully the missus goes along with this, that after we are done watching Dexter, we move on to that next. That's the plan. So, let's hope. Uh, also, that she grew up watching Simpsons. Chris uh, repeatedly pointed out that she has a good sense of humor. Uh, and I think you can see that poking through in the uh, what is it, th two or three episodes now she's done of uh, Doctor Who. So, uh, that's a good sign that Chris Funny Man Hardwick thinks she's got some comedy potential. Because uh, that's one of my favorite things about Doctor Who, is the comedies. Although I guess a lot of that's up to the writers. Obviously, uh, a fair chunk of it's going to be in the delivery by the actors, right? Right. What else do they touch on? Touch on um, first dates and how awkward they are? Yes, that is true. Let me think of one of my horrible first dates. Uh, okay, wait, I got one. I used to... Before the Mrs. Days, I should definitely specify, uh, did a lot, um, a lot, yeah, a fair amount of internet dating. I remember one in particular that was just freaky and weird. Went out with this girl and took her out to uh, some restaurant she recommended. It was like, I think it was like vegan or something like that. So I had a salad, and I don't really like salads, but hey, whatever, first date, lady's choice. Uh, then we went to a, like, a tattoo piercing place, and she got <laughs> pierced. I forget where she got pierced. I think in the nose. Nose or the lip, I don't remember. And it was like a high for her, and she was like all a flutter from the piercing. And it was just really weird, and <laughs> basically it ended with uh, she was like uh, I, you could go as far as to say like she was like high from this piercing and, and then I just dropped her off and that was it. I don't know, just weird all around. She was a weird girl. 
and never spoke to her again. Okay, and it was a, it's not me saying that I never called her again. I never called her again. She never called me again. It was just like, well, that was a date. Have a nice life. Well, let's leave that behind. Was just saying, I'm super stoked to see this girl do her Doctor Who companion for this upcoming season. I think she's going to be a, a nice fit. And I loved it. Uh, let's move on before I get home to how did this get made? Uh, this podcast is sort of the reason that I believe one um, can do a podcast about, uh, in this case it's movies, but I use it for TVs and books and what have you, in which you just say whatever you want, spoilers be damned, uh, and it can work. Work very well in the case of how did this get made, and hopefully works well in the case of this podcast where... I just say basically whatever I want, uh, give a spoiler warning at the top, and say um, even vital plot-type things. As long as you know what's going to happen, uh, I think it makes for good listening. So I do it, they do it, and it's fun. They talked about Spice World. They'll, uh, they'll pick one movie, and it'll be, you know, three or four of them sitting down talking about it. They will always... I guess you would say pick a bad movie, hence the title. How did this get made? Uh, Spice World, I guess, definitely falls into that category. Um, if it if they do a movie on the show that I have a desire to see and have not yet seen, uh, I won't listen to it. I'll wait until I've seen it. However, the odds of me ever seeing uh, the movie Spice World are both a fat chance and a slim chance. Somehow they are both. Uh, I'm at home in several seconds, so I had one more. I'll just say what it is in the hopes that you listen to it, because it was goddamn hilarity nonstop. It was another episode of, by the way, with Jeff Garland. Uh, his voice, his voice, his voice was sexy, yeah. His guest, his guest was Zach Galifianakis, who is one of the funniest people on the planet, so... Uh, as you can imagine, laughs were had by me, uh, and I hope by you, I hope laughs are had by you, A, if you go and listen to that, and B, if you listen to my podcast. Mm. Hey, hey, hey there, hey, how you doing? Folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it 
be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.